As more and more car manufacturers are jumping into the electric vehicle market, you could be thinking about making that jump from an internal combustion engine to an EV. What I want to do today is dig a little deeper than this superficial statement that you hear all the time, it's going to save you money. While this could be true, I want to bring light to a few things that could have not been told to you or even thought of. I'm not here to tell you if you should or should not invest into an electric vehicle, but I do want to discuss whether it is worth it for you. In the end, you will know if an EV will actually save you money or if it's just a fad. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror. Where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Thank you for joining me today on The Financial Mirror as we continue to improve the one thing that you can control yourself. If this is the first time you are joining in, don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube to be notified of all the new episodes as they release. If you are listening on a podcast platform of your choice, hit that subscribe, hit the like, share it. If you're on Apple or Spotify, leave a five-star review and a written comment as those go a long way in getting this information out to more and more listeners and more listeners just mean more and more financially competent people. So what are we discussing today? Well, if you saw by the title, we are discussing electric vehicles, right? This is an episode that I have been wanting to do and now is the time to do it. And mostly because this is something that is growing in popularity. It's the variety of that of what you can get in the electric vehicle market is totally expanding. The the expanding of the market is creating, you know, a, a lower cost, low, lower entry point to get into the electric vehicle market. And in essence, this is kind of making it where more people can afford it. Like if you think back, really think back, you will remember that if you had an electric vehicle, what did you have? You had a Tesla, right? Like that's what everyone thought of when when we thought of electric vehicles, we thought of Tesla. But now there are so many people out there that are making electric vehicles. Now, is that to say that Tesla is not running market share like through the roof? Well, absolutely. Tesla holds the most market share of electric vehicles. And I don't see that changing anytime soon, right? The features are great. They're very well-made vehicles. Uh, Elon Musk is running a good thing over there. But the, the thing about uh, Tesla was the simple fact that it, at one point it was the only thing. If you wanted an electric vehicle, that's what you got. But now you've got GMC, you've got Porsche, Audi, Volvo, BMW, Mazda, Ford, Nissan. I could go on and on and on. There are so many options out there to you if you wanted to jump into the electric vehicle market now. Now, here's the thing. Tesla still might be a great option, but... The good part is that when you used to think of Tesla, you used to see those Teslas like like scooting on by, like vroom. Oh, they don't go vroom, something like that. I don't know. Electric vehicle, my best noise I got. But you see them going by, right? Like you see them cruising by. And you're like, wow. Like it's like a status thing. Like a, like a like a certain status a person has a Tesla, right? Well, with all these new vendors, these new makers coming on the market, you have to understand that costs are going to start to come down, right? You can't charge as much for that Tesla anymore because of the simple fact that you can now go get you a Nissan Leaf for 
less cost, right? Less cost is going to get you that Nissan Leaf and it's still an electric vehicle. Now, with the variety expanding, it probably has you thinking, should you invest? Should you jump into the electrical vehicle market? And should you go ahead and say, you know what? I want to get in on this. Well, that's why I decided to make this episode because I want to give you a couple things to think about. I want to give you a couple things to consider before you just dive in and say, you know what? I'm going all in on this whole EV you know, movement that we've got going now. There are a lot of motivations out there for many who want to you know, get into the EV market. One is cost savings, right? Like some people look at this as simply, I'm going to save money by getting into the EV market. Okay, that's the part that I want to focus on. There is this other motivation that's out there for many that they want to improve the planet, right? They want to improve improve the planet by lowering carbon emissions. Now, is that a good thing? Sure. 100% that's a great thing to help preserve the planet. We've only got one of them. Well, I mean, maybe depends on how like crazy thinker you are and how like how many universes are out there and how many like other living bodies are on other planets and okay, that that's a deep subject, but what I want to say is that the the planet is not the sole focus of this episode. There are many episodes out there that talk about how, you know, electric vehicles do or do not save the planet when you look at the battery and how the battery blah 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 like we get that we can get really deep. Okay, that's not the focus of this episode. The focus of this episode is around money. It's around is the electric vehicle actually going to save me money? Is it going to save me money? And that's the part I want us to focus on, because so many people, that is the selling point when they're like, you know, I kind of want to get an electric vehicle because it's going to save me money. Well, have you run the numbers? Have you really dug into it saving you money? And if so, how much? Right. That's what I want to look at, because right now, you know, a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, yeah, electric vehicle, because, you know, they're going to say, look at the price of gas. The price of gas keeps going up and electricity is staying the same or it's going up slightly, but not as much. And you know, inflation and, and recession and all. we can throw out all the buzzwords. What I can tell you is that there is like gas versus electric is half of if, if even half is only half of, of the price you pay, right? So I want to look at the whole picture. You know, like, like when we talk about buying a house, we don't just talk about the home price. Well, actually, most people do talk about the home price. And then they get in there and they're like, wow, didn't know I was going to have to pay for all these capital expenditures. Didn't know that I was going to have to pay for, you know, people to cut my grass because I don't have time. I'm going to have to pay to fix my water. I bought, you know, bought this house recently. And, you know, you have to winterize the sprinkler system. Not a, not a cost I ever thought about, right? Now, was it expensive? No. Right. Could have done it myself. Yeah. Didn't realize I could have done it myself. But uh, anyways, long story short, there's a lot of costs that come with it. And buying an electric vehicle is no different. So I want us to look at the whole picture so that we really understand what we are getting into. That is not just simple gas versus electric. Now, a couple acronyms I want to throw out there. EV stands for electric vehicle. Right. Like pretty self-evident. When you're looking up these type of things, another acronym you may see is ICE, I-C-E, which just stands for internal combustion engine. You may see those as a comparison. It normally doesn't say gas versus electric. It might. Uh, you're starting to see a lot more EV versus ICE, right? So I just want you to think about if you're looking these type of things up, 
you may see those those little acronyms getting thrown around but all in all what we're looking at is gas versus electric now remember i'm only looking at this from a financial aspect there are many motivations out there we're looking at it from a financial aspect today because that's the part that i focus on here as a financial mirror so let's first start off with understanding vehicle cost comparison so the first thing that pops up is upfront cost right upfront cost this is an actually pretty obvious cost this is probably the only cost that you've ever thought of which is why i wanted to bring it up upfront cost is that sticker price is that msrp it is the cost of the vehicle so if the upfront cost is you know sixty thousand dollars for this electric vehicle but i can get an equivalent car brand new for twenty thousand dollars well obviously right off the gate right out of the gates we've got a forty thousand dollar difference between the cost of the electric versus the combustion engine the gas so knowing that that's a big deficit we've got to cover so for this vehicle this electric vehicle to ever be worth it we've got to first talk about how you know how are we going to cover a forty thousand dollar deficit from the upfront cost right this is the initial purchase price how are we going to cover a forty thousand dollar deficit well that's that's a good question is you know most people are going to resort to say well you know gas is four dollars a gallon and and electric is on average you know a dollar or something per kilowatt hour whatever they're gonna they're gonna start to to look at it that way right and that's a that's a, a factual thing how much does the average person spend in gas how many miles does the average person drive like these are all just math equations you have to add up for yourself but the thing is is we've got to cover a forty thousand dollar gap in just in a 60 versus a twenty thousand dollar car so that's the initial cost that we have to look at we have to first look at that upfront cost that's going to kind of give us that 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 how much is this going to be before i actually save money that's that cost and that's the first place you want to start look at the upfront cost and see how much of a deficit are you trying to cover now that's only the initial cost that's the upfront the the first cost you'd have is to buy the vehicle now what happens after that well that's where we get into maintenance costs for evs when we look at maintenance normally your ev maintenance happens early on in the vehicle's life so early on it may have electrical problems it may have a bad battery it may have a bad xyz may have a bad whatever but a lot of the maintenance starts on the front end now comparing that your gas or combustion engine that normally happens later on think about the old school vehicle right the more miles it got on it the less reliant it was right the more likely it was to need service the more likely it was to break down the more likely it was for all these things to happen so that's the that's that that part where your ev is going to need a lot of maintenance up front potentially your gas vehicles will need a lot of maintenance on the back end so what does that mean well let's think about it realistically if the ev costs more on the front end already let's just use our example forty thousand, and it's going to cost me more on the front end for maintenance well you know i'm <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but we're we're already maybe at fifty thousand dollars, you know, underwater in this EV vehicle that we thought was going to save us money, right? We thought it was going to save us money. That's only the beginning, right? It's only the beginning. Electrical component goes out; those can come with a hefty price tag, mostly because you know there's there's not as many of them out there. So 
they can charge a little bit of a premium to get those fixed. And don't forget, you know, things like your brakes and your tires, all those things still have to be changed on the EV. So, you know, there's really no difference in the two. Uh, know that some of the EVs out there do need you know, more higher performance tire, uh, more or less. Um, if you, you know, I had a BMW at one time and there was no spare tire, right? There was no spare tire. So it was run flats only. And we all know run flats do cost a little bit heftier of a price tag, but all in all, you do get rid of things like oil changes. You do get rid of things like other mechanical services. As the vehicle gets older, you know, a, a combustion engine vehicle could start to, you know, have a lot of maintenance problems, right? Uh, the, for an EV, when we look at maintenance, the battery it has about a 15 to 20 year uh, life on it, and that can run you about 12,000. So, Every 15 to 20 years, if you hold on to that car, you're going to need another battery and that'll cost you about 12,000. But all in all, I'd have to say that the maintenance is about the same. But the thing is, is the main, I don't think that the maintenance is going to cover the deficit of the upfront cost, right? By itself, it's not even going to come close to covering the upfront cost. So I don't think that that's a, a you know, reason to, to jump on it. Like, oh, I want to lower my maintenance cost. So yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a great reason to, I don't think you're going to cover that. You're, ne you're never going to have that upfront cost covered. Um, and, and I think that's a huge, huge component. Now let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. So we've covered the upfront, we've covered the maintenance. What everyone wants to talk about is refueling costs. So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about two scenarios with refueling. So for EV, you're going to recharge at home or you're going to recharge at public, uh, charging stations, right? Now, Here's what I want you to think about when it comes to public charging stations, because this is what everyone thinks about. Well, I'm just going to, when I'm shopping, I'm just going to charge my car. Okay. So first off, not all charging stations are alike. You have fast chargers, you have, you know, the normal steady rate charger, whatever it's called, standard charger, maybe, but you have fast chargers and standard chargers. Now, what that means is that you're going to need to sit there for a while. You're going to need to shop for a while just to get a decent charge if it's not a fast charger. Because a lot of these chargers, the fast chargers, um, are, are, are so highly sought after, a lot of companies charge you just to get on there, just to use them, right? So they'll have, if they don't, they probably have a time limit for how long you can sit there. All in all, public chargers are not as convenient as people think they are currently, right? Like it's, it's 2022, and as of right now, Public chargers are not as convenient as people think they are. The other thing is that normally places of business don't maintain them all that well. So you may pull up to one and it not even work, or you may pull up to one and it's already being used, right? You can't get in there or somebody that's just really, really rude just decides because it's an upfront parking spot, they're just going to take it. Even though they don't drive an EV, I don't know how the finding works with that. But, you know, it's not really equivalent to someone taking a handicap spot, you know, um, but it is if, if they were selling charges there, maybe you're taking away from business. I don't know. I don't know how that the punishment works for that. But what I'm saying is these like two parking spots that a, a company may offer you to, to go and park your car and charge it as you shop. Those two parking spots will be highly sought after. And until we start to see more parking spots, public charging is not super duper reliable, but charging at home is an option. 
And up on the screen here, and if you're if you're listening to this on a podcast, I'm going to cover it. A lot of uh, a lot of of people, a lot of states out there, you know, have varying kilowatt per hour rates, right? But if you're going to charge at home, this is kind of what it's going to cost you to quote unquote refill your car. So in states like Alaska, Hawaii, California, New York, you're looking at like 15 cents and higher per kilowatt hour, right? Like that's kind of what you're looking at. And that's a lot. So if you really think about it, the average vehicle takes about 50 kilowatt hours to fill up. So, you know, every single time you fill up your car, it'll cost you about 750. Now, is that like crazy? Well, no, $7.50 to fill up your car in the most expensive state is actually pretty good, right? Like that's actually pretty good. But here's what I want you to think about. If the if that's the average cost in those states, right? Because most of the time, let's just be honest, those states with really high kilowatt per hour uh, rates are also really high gas rates. So, you know, if right now, you know, that that was, if we were comparing apples to apples in 2000 and uh, what was this, February 2022, the beginning of this year, we may have been looking at like $5, $5.50, let's just say $5 per gallon, uh, an average, let's say 12 gallon tank, you're looking at like 60 bucks, right? So 60 versus 750 is a big difference, right? That's $50 per fill up that you're going to save. So what that equates to, if we had to just go off of that alone, it's going to take you about 800 fill ups to break even on that $40,000 deficit. Okay. Roughly 800 fill ups. Now, I don't know how many, you know, I haven't pulled all the equations, but that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and it may take you years to do it. Don't worry. At the end of this, I'm going to give you a cheat code to where you can sort of figure out for yourself. But all in all, what I want you to think about right now is that it's not like you still have to pay for, for power. If you're not charging in public stations, you still have to pay to fill up your car in at your house. Okay, so there is still a refueling cost. Uh, but obviously gas stations, you're, you're really equating price per gallon to kilowatt per hour cost. Uh, how those vary and change is, is always changing. It's always changing in how much energy is costing, but that's something to keep in mind as you go through this. Now, are there benefits to EV? Sure. Benefits, there's tax incentives to EV, which could easily cut into that $40,000 deficit. And it may not be 40,000 for everybody. I'm just saying this was just a standard example, but 40,000, there are tax incentives, there are tax breaks, things like that for you if you do, and that helps cut down on costs. Now, the part that I wanted to cover is we've talked about all these things, these maintenance costs, these upfront costs, these, these refueling costs, these benefits, these tax incentives. But what is the break even? When do I break even on this car? Well, how long you keep the car is really where we're going to determine where your break point is. Where that break even point is, is how long you keep the car. This is because, as we've talked about, the all of the cost of an EV vehicle is, is on the front end of it, right? A lot of the cost is on the front end of it. So if you get rid of your car every five years, and you just got through the, the upfront cost of the EV, and you're placed with another EV, well, guess what? You've just inherited that whole new huge upfront cost, right? If you plan to keep this EV for a really long time, it may be worth it to go with the EV, right? Because as you're getting to the end of this, this 
combustion engine, you're going to start getting a lot of maintenance. You're going to start getting a lot of extra cost. So if you plan on keeping it for a while, you could start paying a lot of those gas vehicle maintenance costs to maintain it, meaning that the EV could be cheaper over the long run because you saw about $50 of fill up is a big difference. Remember what I said, EV, most of the costs are on the front end. Many expenses are going to come on the front end. So if you're going to keep the car a while, that means a lot. So I want to show you this. I want to show you this chart and I want it to, for, for those that are, are watching or excuse me, listening on the podcast, uh, I do have the link to access this alternative fuels data center calculator. Uh, it's on the U.S. Department of Energy's website, but it's a calculator and it just allows you to throw in some, some data and populate something. So let's just go with a 2022 uh, what are we thinking? I'm thinking we go with uh, those Kias have been pretty popular. Let's do the Kia uh, Telluride, the all-wheel drive Telluride. Let's go with that. So we're going to add it, right? So we're going to add this this vehicle. Cost thirty five thousand three ninety. We're going to add another twenty twenty two model, and we'll go with the Tesla, right? We'll get a Tesla, and we'll do the um, we'll do the the all-wheel drive Model Y. Yeah, we'll do the Model Y. We'll do the Model Y all-wheel drive performance. Boom. So with that, we've got the, uh, let's add one more in here. Let's do another Model S. Let's do a Model S. I don't want to do apples to apples though. Yeah, we'll do it. No. Yeah, let's let's do a Model 3. Let's do a Model 3 uh, performance in there as well. Cool. Let's roll with that. So we've got... Three different EVV, or excuse me, two EV vehicles and one gasoline vehicle. So we got a 2022 Kia Telluride. We got a 2022 Tesla Model Y and a 2022 Tesla Model 3. Now, we're at, we got the gasoline price at $4.70. Um, and then I'm going to keep all this other stuff, you know, default. For state, we're going to choose, uh, let's see, let's choose, let's choose a middle of the ground state like, let's choose like Georgia. Georgia seems pretty pretty not too expensive, not too cheap. Let's go with that. So let's see what this produces. So you go through this, you put in the vehicles that you're looking at, and then you see sort of where that break-even point is. So right here for the Model 3, this break-even point in Georgia is about 11 years. So you're not going to break even if you get the Kia Telluride and you get the, the cheaper Tesla, the Model 3, you'll break even at 11 years. Now, if you went with that Tesla Model Y, you would break even in about 14 years, right? You see what I'm saying? So that's one way to do it, right? Is to come in here to this calculator and figure out exactly, exactly how much you're going to do. So let's let's go with a little bit cheaper. Let's go with like Telluride versus a 2022. I'm keeping the years the same. Let's try that Nissan Leaf. Nissan Leaf. I'm not super familiar with the Nissan Leaf, so if it gives me too much uh, right here, I'm not going to know what to do. Let's try this 62-hour um, battery pack. Let's try that. I don't know the difference in these. Things. We'll go with the cheaper one. We got. Oh, that's a little small thing. All right, we'll go with it. A little cheaper, right? We got a, we got a little different. Looks like we got about a oh, kilowatt gives 100 miles. Got it. So let's hit get results on that. Keeping everything else the same. So we just went with the cheaper EV model, which we went with the Nissan Leaf. Uh, break even is not even found because the N Nissan Leaf is just cheaper, right? It's just cheaper. 
from day one, it's just cheaper. The vehicle was cheaper. The costs are cheaper. You save the money. Now you do have a little small vehicle, right? It's like it's a little tiny thing. And Nissan Leaf's pretty tiny. But all in all, you, you save money. Well, this is a good way. This right here, what I just showed you is a good way to just start looking at where, you know, is it is it profitable for you to actually go through and do the EV route? Now, you're probably asking. So you show me some and it's worth it. You show me some, it's not worth it. So when is it worth it? Well, what I think it comes down to is uh, really four things, right? Four things. And I want to run through them really quick to wrap this up. Four things to tell you, is it worth it? The first off, the first question you got to ask is where do you live? Where do you live? If you live in a state with a high cost of kilowatt per hour, this is only going to make it less worth it because it's going to cost you many more years to break even, right? Especially depending on the vehicle, it's going to cost you a lot more time to break even. If you're paying a lot per kilowatt hour, it may not be worth it, right? It may not be worth it. And that's the first question I want you to answer. The second one I want you to answer is do you own your home? Do you own your home? If you don't own your home or at least live somewhere you can install a home charger, like you know, you're at a renting a house from somebody and you're like, hey, can I install a home charger here? And they're like, yeah, sure, as long as you pay for it. Well, maybe that you don't own the home, but at least you can charge, you can install a home charger. This is a question I would ask because you don't want to be left only charging in public. If you can't install a home charger, this could create a huge hassle that makes it just not worth it. Think about this. You're driving and you're just looking for a charger. All the chargers are taken. Your mileage is showing like three miles left and you're still looking for a charger and you can't go home because there's no chargers at home. That's not a fun experience and it's not one that I would ever want you to be worried about. Or maybe you had to wake up and go to work and you just you didn't get to charge your car and you couldn't find a charger the night before. How do you even get to work, right? Like, just a problem that I don't think that you want to be in. So if you don't live somewhere where you have the ability to install your own home charger, it may not be worth it. Now, another question, how much do you drive? If you really don't drive that much, this could take a very long time to break even. Remember, I showed you like 800 fill ups, right? So if you don't drive much, you're not filling up much. This could take you a long time to break even. So that's another question that I would want answered before you decide, is it worth it? And then the last one, how often do you get a new car? If you haven't learned this yet, let me make it clear. Saving money with electric vehicles is like investing. It's truly a long haul game. If you plan on getting a new car every like, I don't know, five to 10 years, there's a good chance you're going to see very, very little or possibly no cost savings. It could cost you more with the EV. Okay. So if you're keeping the car for more than 10 years, it may absolutely be worth it may absolutely be worth it. Now, you're probably asking, so after all that, is it worth it? That's what you want to know. Well, I'm going to say this. EVs have great features. EV features alone may make it where you could say, you know what? I may not save money, but it's worth it because I want the like auto, you know, auto driving Tesla, or I want the cameras all around my car, or I want this, or I want that. Maybe the features are worth it. And maybe that little extra that you may be spending is totally worth it. Or something that I started at the beginning with when we were just talking about like outside of cost savings. Maybe you just want to slow down carbon emissions into the environment. Well, EV does, does just that, right? Like it slows down carbon emissions into the environment, you know? So maybe that you're like, you know what? It might cost me a little bit more, but I'll feel a little bit better. That may just be worth it. And those are these are answers and questions that are outside of 
like, is it worth it? Or is it just like, it just, I, I kind of going to feel better about it. So you've got to first answer that. But the, the thing that I, that, you know, points me to like, you know, EVs would be awesome is that I hate going to gas station. So the convenience of pulling up into my garage, plugging a car up, charging it and waking up to a full tank of quote unquote gas, you know, full charge. That's pretty awesome, right? Like that's pretty awesome. If that's you, maybe that's like, you know what? It might cost me an extra thousand, but I don't have to see a gas station, right? I think gas stations are inconvenient. I hate pulling up to them. I hate having to get out of the car, especially when it's cold or it's rainy or it's wet or it's nasty or whatever. I have to fill up my car, blah, blah, blah. You, you see what I'm saying? To pull up in my nice dry garage and plug that thing up and go sit in the living room on the couch, turn on the TV while my car refills itself, I think it's pretty awesome. But if that's you, maybe that's worth it. But all of these are just reasons you may want to get an EV. If you're looking at it as cost savings, though, it may not be as straightforward as just like, oh, yeah, EV saves me money. OK, and that's the part I wanted to leave with all this information. I want you to know this was just information. none of this was supposed to make you lean one way or the other. Right. This was simply to give you a little more information because that that little superficial line like, oh, EV costs, you know, it saves you money. It's not true for everybody. It's not true for everybody. So. I don't want that conversation in there. I want you to do these extra steps. I want you to look into it a little further to see if you're actually doing it for cost savings, see if it's actually saving you money, right? See where that break even point is, right? See where that's at. Because if you think of this like an investment going into EV and you're holding this on for a long time, it may be worth it. It may a thousand percent be worth it financially. It may a thousand percent be worth it because you ain't got to go to a gas station. Yeah, I'm just saying it, it may be worth it, but if it's just for cost savings, like, yep, I'm just going to save money doing it, eh, you might be wrong. So uh, all of that is to say, just be on the lookout. Now, thinking of cost savings, thinking of saving money, thinking of getting that next step in your financial future, I want to I want you to know that you have found a great place to do just that. If you want to go on over to thefinancialmirror.org and hit book now, Schedule a free consultation. A financial coach may be just what you need to take that next step in your financial journey. I will be your financial coach. Go to thefinancialmirror.org, hit book now, get you set up for a free consultation. Doesn't cost you a dime, only costs you about 15 to 30 minutes of your time. We'll see if a coach is good for you. See if it's the right fit. And if it is, we'll get you booked for that first session and we will get you on your way to your financial goals. If you do want to give an extra dose of support to the stream, head over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop. New gear is getting added all the time, but pick you up some awesome financial mirror gear. I truly appreciate every single person tuning in today. This has been a great episode. This has been an episode that you can share with your friends and your family and your coworkers. Don't forget to do just that. Like, subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star review and rent comment on Apple and Spotify podcast if that's where you catch this weekly. Till next week, continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.